Hello guys, welcome back to Daily Diva with Sarah. It's your host Sarah. Thank you guys for tuning in and I hope that you're having a beautiful start to your Sunday. Um, and here's just like information nobody asked for, but I am still like in the process of settling in into my new apartment that I moved into last week. And as I was doing that today, um, I found one of my journals from second grade. And if you guys know anything about me, I avidly journal. That is something that I've done ever since like, what, first grade when my dad like for some reason like drilled this habit into me and my sister um my sister did not stick around for journaling but i did um and so like i would say even in the past like decade of my life i have i kid you not written at least 50 journals and some of these journals are like big regular notebooks that we would use for school like those not wide ruled but those like you know really like skinny lines and what I did a couple years ago was I actually, when I was into my minimalism phase, I got rid of all of them. And it was hard. And honestly, I low-key regret. But I was just trying to like get rid of clutter in my life. But as much as I don't regret having thrown anything out, I regret throwing my journals out. I mean, what I did was before I threw them out, I did go through every single one of them. And then I have like a Google Doc where I wrote down like the more like meaningful and momentous things that I wrote down but then still it's not the same as like looking at my old handwriting and because like I only extracted like the most important things um from my journals I don't have the trivial details of my life from when I was like in high school and especially throughout college and after college but then I don't know I feel like when you look back at your old journals it's kind of nice to look at the trivial details too you know um I don't know why but anyway uh what I was actually trying to share was that I found my second grade journal so these my parents have been holding on to the ones that I wrote in second third and fourth grade um because after that I was like kind of getting into middle school and then I ended up throwing those out too when I was young because they were so depressing to look at but anyway um I just thought it was so funny that the way that I journaled and basically spoke my mind in second grade what I was like nine or something was exactly the same way I journal now um and I guess like when I'm in a place of not needing to sound eloquent or like super coherent for communication purposes like I just sound like a kid and I I don't know I just found that kind of funny because I was reading some like some of my entries to myself from back then and I was like oh my gosh like you know back then I actually wrote in Korean because I had just immigrated to this country but then if I took those sentences I wrote and translated them into Korean I mean English then it would be exactly the way that I journal now and I think that's how journaling is meant to be I think some people get really daunted about starting to journal because they think it's like you know, they have to produce good quality work like they did in their, what, AP English classes in high school. But this is just for yourself. Like, your journal is not for, meant for anyone's eyes. And of course, I know trying to sound good isn't the only um, factor for people wanting to not journal. But then, I don't know. Um, 
if you guys ever like wanted to get into journaling but your reason say was because you thought you sounded like a stupid kid well so do i i still do and i think like it's a very like raw vulnerable space and so when you can just express in the simplest rawest form how you feel what you're thinking then like you are gonna sound like a kid but does that necessarily have to be a bad thing you know like you're getting your point across and i think journaling is such like a therapeutic and cathartic experience that is just so free and so easy you know it's just you gotta yeah build discipline um and i say that like it's so easy and it's not i mean trust me when i was rereading those entries there were a ton of entries on why i did not want to journal but then my dad was making me like i would have full pages talking about oh my gosh i can't believe my dad's making me journal like he doesn't even do this himself why is he making me waste my time like i'm just writing crap because there's nothing else to say you know like those would literally be a couple of my entries but here i am now at age 28 where i'm like what would like the quality of my life be without journaling like i wouldn't be able to make big decisions without journaling i wouldn't be able to process really important things going on in my life without journaling and just i can let just go on and on and on about the benefits of journaling which i'm not going to do here because this tangent is already like six minutes (laughs) but then um yeah i just wanted to like throw that out there and share it with you guys because it was just like on the top of my mind today it was i guess like the highlight of today rereading my old journals and uh such a throwback to like when i was two decades younger (laughs) it was very interesting okay anyway let's get into today's devo it is um on the topic of insignificance so i mean what do you guys think we're going to talk about with this in the context of wisdom that what we're insignificant (laughs) well i don't know we'll see okay so the verses are from ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 9 to 11 and i'm liking that we are exploring this book of ecclesiastes sorry that's my signature yawn of um my devos these days um but anyway yeah like ecclesiastes is my favorite book in the bible literal favorite book and so i like that you know we're veering off from proverbs a little bit okay but they're both wisdom literature in the bible so you know it's relevant so the verses say what has been will be again what has been done will be done again that's a mouthful there is nothing new under the sun is there anything of which one can say look there is something new oh sorry this is something new it was here already long ago it was here before our time no one remembers the formal generations and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them so what are your reactions to those verses Ecclesiastes asks us to imagine how fulfilling things can possibly be if what we see in this world and life is, quote, all that is or ever was or ever will be, unquote. If that was the case, the text says nothing would be remembered. If this world is all there is, ultimately the sun will die and all human life will be wiped away by the sands of time and there will be no one to remember anything that ever happened. 
This is a devastating insight. It means that if life under the sun is all that there is, then whether you spend your life helping people or killing people, in the end, it makes not a whit of difference. Wait, what? <laughs> if human beings um, really are going to going back to nothing, we should admit that nothing we do matters. Even believers today are shaped by the secular culture's complete emphasis on happiness here and now in this world benefits. But we should not be. The fleeing pleasures of life are senseless, useless, insignificant if we try to live without the reference and gratitude of God. Sorry to God. What circumstances in this life under the sun um, do you imagine would fulfill you if you had them and are you sure okay so this is definitely a fun question for me to personally explore because i have in i guess like i would word this question another way and then ask this to myself and my thoughts would be oriented around this thought but then you know like right now and for a while, my life has not felt satisfactory. As in, I'm not unthankful, ungrateful, I mean, for my life. I absolutely am. But then, you know, like, there are always things I feel like that could be improved in my life. Something that could be of higher quality, whatever. Because I'm a perfectionist, so naturally, just like how I expect perfection in everything, my whole entire life too. It's just like, do you know how stressful that is? Um, it's self-imposed completely, but like, anyway, um, yeah, so I guess like one of my recent thoughts is, man, like if I could, if I never have to work a day in my life, but be financially okay, then I would be the happiest girl <laughs> because it's not that I don't like my job or anything. You know, thankfully, like I'm in a profession where it's rewarding, like the work that I do. I mean, and it's meaningful. I mean, hello, like I'm a teacher. So when I work with my students and I see them make progress and more than that, like more than just their academic success, like when I see my students like growing in kindness like when i see that amongst each other um and when i see them like gaining confidence when they felt like you know like low self-esteem about a certain area that i was teaching them you know and like when i see the smile on their faces when i see the aha moment on their faces when i you know just get to track their character growing as well like it's really uh I don't know, like, it's just really rewarding. I can't describe it any other way. Um, and, but then at the same time, just because I like what I do doesn't mean that I particularly enjoy getting up so freaking early in the morning and commuting. Now that I moved, I'm even further than I was before. And now I'm commuting 35 minutes to work. And then I got to come back home, right? So like at least an hour on the road. Like and getting dressed up, doing my makeup, doing my hair, making sure my outfit matches. And like, you know what I mean? Like packing lunch and just like that whole ordeal of working of and commuting and getting ready for work. And then like have needing to detox my brain from work. Like... 
working's hard. You know, I kind of like just miss those days when like women just stayed at home. And this is so anti-feminist, but like, you know, like I'm just reminded of that Ali Wong scene when she's like, I don't want to lean in. I want to lie down. Like I (laughs) resonate with that 100%. (laughs) Okay. Um, I just would love to stay home. (laughs) Like, and Like, yes, I'm a person who runs on structure and I need some sort of like a regular routine in my life, such as work or not, in order for me to like not go insane. But then my goodness, like if only I could honestly just not work, (laughs) but then I'm like not like homeless either. What a life, you know, (laughs) what a life. And so like. I'm not just going on tangent, you guys. Like, I am answering the question, I promise. Because it asked, what circumstances in this life under the sun do you imagine would fulfill you if you had them? Okay? Like, it would be that. Like, just a very comfortable life where I don't have to worry about providing for myself what I'm provided for. Um, But then at the same time, they're asking me over here, are you sure? And now I'm really thinking about it, you know? am I sure? Like, cause I don't know. Let's say that like I get married to like a decently rich guy and I don't have to work, you know, and I get to stay home. Then am I going to be living the most fulfilling life that I could possibly imagine? And that would be no. I mean, I'm not going to deny that's going to be super, super nice. You know, like I would be able to explore all of my hobbies I would be able to wake up whenever I want, you know, because I get really offended every time the alarm like bell or not bell, but like the alarm goes off on my phone in the morning, more like Alexa, like I'm so offended. Like I was, you know, I'm having a good sleep and I'm not ready, clearly. (laughs) But anyway, um, like I don't got to worry about that. You know, I could go to sleep whenever I want, you know, just I just live the way my body wants, you know. Um, but then, I don't know, like, even if I had that, I don't think I would be fulfilled if God wasn't a part of that, a part of my life. I think no matter what I do, God needs to be part of it in order for me to feel absolutely fulfilled. Like, I'm not going to say if, you know, I am working a really, 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 really low paying job because that's the only job I have and then I have God like I would be happy no I would try to like climb up for sure um but then ultimately I think like when we're talking about happiness and fulfillment and like everlasting joy God needs to be part of that equation if not something's always going to feel incomplete and that I know to be true because I have tried to erase God out of my, out of the things that I do, you know, because I'm a very like, uh, I don't know if this is the right phrase. I was going to say black and white or black or white, but I'm not really thinking in binary terms right now. Like I'm just one of those people who can't like fuse different areas of life together. Like I don't like fusing work. I don't like fusing my faith. I don't like fusing my relationships. I don't like fusing my hobbies. I don't like to fuse them together. 
I like them very, very separate. And I think it's just the way that like my brain is wired, oriented. I don't know. Like once they start mixing, I get very confused. I'm very thrown off. And I'm like, what am I supposed to focus on? You know, like when I show up to work, I don't necessarily like to make friends. I like to get my work done. You know, like when I say want to focus on relationships, I don't necessarily want to talk about work. You know, unless like I really need to like vent <laughs> about something. Like I like to just keep it at a relationship level, like and check in with like say my friends' lives. Like how are you doing? You know, like just not want to talk about work though, you know. Sometimes it's inevitable, obviously. Um, and then like with my faith, I don't like to bring it into work. I don't like to bring it anywhere. I just like to kind of like I don't know, keep it separate. Um but then I realized like that's not how you're a Christian because when you're a Christian, God bleeds into every area of your life. And it's not like that's supposed to feel like a chore to us, but it's supposed to, that's just naturally how it's supposed to be. And like, you shouldn't even have to make effort to let God bleed into every area of your, can I talk? Every area of your life. Um, and yeah, I think I always try to segregate all of my, all the departments of my life, <laughs> including God too. And so I have done that, but then I realized that wasn't right. That's not how my faith is supposed to work. And so I've tried to bring God into every area of my life. And some areas I would say it's hard some areas it comes pretty easy, you know, like I would say, you know, when it comes to bringing God into my relationship with parents, like even that, that's a very like mixed thing that happens. Like when it comes to taking care of their health, um, taking care of like their needs, then I'm there, you know. Um, but then when it comes to like, let's say we get into arguments and I'm at a choice of talking back and being rude versus being respectful and, you know, minding my manners, you know, um, that's where it's difficult. So I think just in general, every area of my life, yeah, just looks different. But anyway, um, I feel like I went off a little bit on a tangent there. But yeah, like, I want to, you know, I guess I'm challenged here today to bring God more into the areas of my life that I don't feel like he's too infused deep into. Um, I think in my workplace, it might be a good place to start. Like when I'm teaching my students, maybe rather than just seeing them as clients who I serve and service because that's what my job title entails, I could look at them as God's children, you know, I mean, theologically speaking, unless they're Christians too, not really, but you know, like just to get my point across here, like that they're beloved creation of God, just as I am, there we go, and that I can see them as like, I can see my job as a privilege to teach them good things, you know, because it's not just literally academic stuff that I teach. You know, I teach them like fruits of the spirit, you know, kindness, patience, joy, 
and try to infuse the importance of that in their lives and you know it's a public school so i'm not like outright like sharing the gospel and talking about jesus but through the way that i interact with them and through the behavior that i show and model like i could be an example and a representative of god and when there are opportunities to talk about faith i can because i actually do know some of my students like they are christians like when i have conversations with them about say like their weekends they tell me they go to church and then like there's this one student that i have she's so 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 cute um but then (laughs) one time i asked her like who's like what's like more important than soccer what's like most important more important i don't know i don't remember this was so long ago um (laughs) as in last month but then i was like who's like more important than blah 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 and then she was like jesus and i was like oh (laughs) it was the cutest thing um yeah and then like that's like a you know a natural moment for me to talk about what she knows about jesus and yeah just like allow for more meaningful conversations too and i remember like when i did have like that moment of conversation with her she's a little girl but um yeah it felt super cool and it felt super rewarding to be able to like i don't know let god be a part of like that small moment in my life at work i don't think an example like that is exactly what the topic of today is but exploring that question kind of led me to that direction in terms of like yeah like (laughs) i guess actually do i take it back when it says what circumstances in this life under the sun do you imagine will fulfill you had them oh yeah i mean i really answered that before with the whole comfortable life situation but i think like the bigger picture of this question is like bigger point biggest point i mean is like everything is insignificant unless god is part of it and I genuinely wonder how non-Christians feel about that because for me as a Christian, I've always felt this way. Like every area in my life could be perfect, but if God's not part of it, I will feel empty inside. And that's not like a feeling that I've forced myself to feel in order to feel pious about myself. It's genuinely like it genuinely happens to be the phenomena every single time when I feel like everything is set in place. But if I'm not in my like, I'm not like at the same time, like investing in my relationship with God and reading the Bible and learning about him. And you know what I mean? Like deep in my faith, then something just feels like it's missing. And as vague as that sounds, it's the best way that I can describe it. A key piece is missing to the ultimate fulfillment of my life. And I mean, that's telling, but I guess I'm curious. That has been my personal experience. And so for my non-Christian listeners, what is that like a thing for you? Like, do you feel like you, the all the areas of your life are pretty set in place, are pretty stable and whatnot? But then you feel empty, like you feel like something's missing, right? Because I feel like you should, as in like, not that I'm suggesting that you should, but then you should as in like, it should be the natural phenomena because God created you too. And as God's creation, 
we are meant to feel that something is off. I just naturally, you know, when like we don't know our creator. And I hope that perhaps like this conversation is a gentle nudge, I guess, um, for you to explore God for yourself and would love to hear about how that goes for you. And if you're wondering, how do I start? It starts with reading the Bible. Start with the New Testament. Start with the book of Matthew and go from there. I mean, that always seems to be like the route that everybody seems to go on when they explore Christianity for the first time by reading the Bible. Um, I mean, Genesis is fine, but then like once you get to Exodus, it's going to get a little confusing. So I would start with Matthew and just learn about Jesus first. <laughs> um, but anyway, that is my uh, reflection for today. The prayer is, Lord, what do I do? I mean, my goodness, my eyes aren't even working right now. Whatever I do, quote unquote, in the, in the Lord is not in vain. Because of Jesus's resurrection, I know that I will be resurrected oh, perfectly closing out the Devo. <laughs> and so it is not my status in this world, but in the next that defines me. I praise and thank you for that. Amen. Wow, what a <laughs> what a last sentence for prayer where it says, So it is not my status in this world, but in the next that defines me because when we, okay, truly talk about insignificant here, which is the topic for today, our life is insignificant. And you know what? I don't mean to open up another conversation because it's getting really long already. But then like, I think that was the point. Like our life is insignificant without God. And really like when we talk about what is significant, we're talking about the eternity in heaven. I mean, or hell, right? That's pretty significant. Your afterlife status is what's important, not your status here, not your job status here, not your relationship status here, not your anything status here. Because like I said in my last episode, when we consider the ratio of our life on earth versus eternity, which is hello, eternity, so you get the point, then our life is so minuscule to the rest of the life we're going to have, you know? I don't know still, ever since two days ago, <laughs> nothing has changed two days ago, um, what like non-Christians think about what happens after they die. Do they literally think that they're just going to turn into dust and like their soul just dissipates into dirt like along with their flesh and bone like is that what they believe and I promise I am not like mocking this situation it's just I am genuinely curious if one does not believe that there is an afterlife then like is that what they actually believe because I mean what other creative ideas am I missing out on you know um that I don't know about besides that and um, I am also curious as um, if like non-Christians who don't believe in afterlife think that 
people who do believe in afterlife, like either eternity in hell or eternity in heaven, are ridiculous. And yeah, like, I don't know. I've never asked that to anybody before. Maybe I should ask my non-Christian friends. <laughs> that should be an interesting conversation. But it doesn't have to be like an awkward one because I don't know, it kind of matters, right? Like, doesn't feel like it matters now because you know me and my friends are like in our 20s so like who cares but then again who says that we're gonna live necessarily up to 90 years one of us could die tomorrow and like i wonder what their friends are thinking too you know like if i die tomorrow what do what are my friends gonna think whether sarah is in heaven whether sarah is in hell or whether sarah is just like she has become one with dirt <laughs> and just like body and soul gone like permanently you know um yeah so i think with in conclusion my goodness i need to end this podcast so in conclusion our life on earth insignificant okay and it's not and that doesn't mean that we should spend it wastefully that's not the point it's just saying that when we focus so much on living it up in this life and making the most out of this life for ourselves and our just selfish joys and desires and there is no picture of God, then we're wasting it and we should look, we should consider like the way that we should live our life on earth should be in consideration of the life that we're gonna live after the life that we have on this earth. And I think that just brings up a lot of different thoughts already but this episode needs to go and i gotta go so i will talk to you guys again tomorrow but um i enjoyed this conversation uh with myself (laughs) anyway happy rest of your sunday you guys um i will talk to you tomorrow bye